Brrr. Ooh, it's so cold. Must be time for the BDL winter meetings. Welcome, boys and girls, to episode 13 of The Stinger, where this episode we'll be going over the discussions that happened last week in the BDL winter meetings. We had 15 of the 16 teams participating with what looks like one team must have gotten a doctor's note from not having to take part in this year's meetings. And before I jump too much into this, maybe I should state a disclaimer here real quick. I am not a member of the league, and these are just my opinions. I am no way trying to reopen or rehash any of these topics. All the topics are officially closed, and these are just my takes on the topics for entertainment purposes only. One thing I really love about this league is that we have this opportunity for this type of a meeting. I think it's great that we have some say on the ways to make our league better, and it's a great way to keep everyone engaged during the offseason. I assume that for the most part, when these rules come up for change, none of them actually ever get changed, but it's at least it's nice to be able to kick around some ideas. I should also point out that I am a rules type of guy. I can go on a giant rant about rules, but I'll probably save that for another day. I think that most of the rules that are made are made to make sure that everyone stays active during the season, especially those teams that are out of the playoff pictures and that are rebuilding, and also to keep those overly active owners in line. All right, so let's jump into some of the topics that were discussed in this year's BDL winter meetings. I'm not going to go over all of them, but I'll be going over a majority of them. The first ones that we should talk about is the increase in the BDL IL spots, and they went and increased it by one. That did approve nine to six. And we're going to combine this one with the continuing of the COVID IL spots, which I believe are two spots, and that approved eight zero. So now we have four IL spots and two COVID spots that are just reserved for players who are on COVID protocols. So overall, we'll now have six IL spots. I think in my opinion, I would not have a separate COVID IL spots rules. I would just say, you know, if we want to handle the two extra COVID spots that we just roll that into the, the normal IL spots, I think it's kind of a pain in the butt to go in there and look and see if the extra players that are on the IL spots actually have COVID or not. And I, th I think it's just more of a, a management standpoint uh, kind of paying the butt to be able to do that. So I would just say if they're, if they're on the IL, they're on the IL. And if we need a couple extra spots because of COVID and stuff like that, then let's just throw them all in there. I would say, uh, the IL spots to me is an in season use only. Um, I don't think it's an off season roster spots. So what I would like to see is that when when our season ends, there's usually about another two weeks before the major league season ends. At that point in time, we would you would before you opening up trades, you would move everybody off your IL. You'd put them back into your roster. Same with the minor league uh, positions, just to make sure no one's over their limits. You make all your roster your roster adjustments at that point in time. It would then. People would force to be have to maybe drop a couple of people back into the uh, waiver pool, so that would help out your drafting a little bit. And I, and I think that that would be 
maybe a better way to handle some of the IL spots. Because I think it was even brought up in the in the meetings, you know, of of how to you know how many IL spots should we really have, and people really don't like having a bunch of IL people on their rosters. And if we don't open it up too much, then people will just take advantage of it, and they'll have a bunch of people in the off season where they have on their IL spot. So there's two kind of ways to look at this. One would be, yeah, you have an unlimited IL roster, so you, so you can put as many people you want into your IL roster. Um, there is no limit. That means you can always have somebody in your active roster that's playing. So that, that means you should never, ever have uh, innings limits never met. You should never have uh, you know people playing in your active, rock, active rosters that are IL just because you don't have any place to put them or you don't want to drop anybody. But with that being said, you would have to have a point where at the end of the season, all those players would have to be moved back onto your active roster, and you would have to get your active roster back down to a normal, uh, the normal size before trading would be able to happen. Otherwise, we just do what we're kind of doing, where we just okay, we're going to add another player, another spot, and you know we'll kind of manage it, and we're hoping that people will actually, you know, be active in moving players and and, and dropping players when they have to. I, I believe Mike has always kind of said. He likes the, the the smaller IL spots because it forces people to make have to make decisions, and I agree with that. I think we should be you should be forced to have to make tough decisions, right? You should be forced to have to drop somebody you don't want to drop, um, especially when you're talking about the when we get into the minor league or, or when we get into the the innings limits. You know, th- there's certain rules that you have to be able to still meet, but you need to be able to manage your rosters properly. And then one other thing I'd like to add on here that I would like to have seen done is is that the, put a penalty in place for leaving a guy um, in your IL roster spot who's no longer on the IL and you left him on there for too long. Um, I'd give you like a couple-day waiver period where, let's say, on Thursday night, a guy comes off the IL, Friday rolls around, you still haven't moved him, Saturday rolls around, you still haven't moved him back to your active roster spot. To me, at that point, the guy should be dropped um, so you have some penalties of of leaving the guy who's no longer IL eligible, and because you left him there, and to me he would have to be dropped. Again, it's kind of a harsher penalty. I know probably a lot of you guys wouldn't like that, but that would also make sure that everybody stays active and looking at their rosters on a daily basis, or at least an every other day type thing, to where people aren't leaving people in the IL spots for you know three, four seven days. I mean, I've seen people left on there for a long time. And I think a lot of times that happens because people, again, don't want to make uh, that hard decision of, okay, I got to bring this guy onto my active roster. Now it means I probably have to drop somebody. So let me see if I can wait around a little bit to see if someone else becomes IL eligible for as long as I can. So then I can just switch them out. So again, something to think about maybe down the road is, is, is having maybe a penalty in there for leaving a guy um, on that roster for too long. Anyways, pretty good rule. I, I have no problem with uh, with increasing it by one, and then you guys still keeping your active or your COVID IL spots there too. Uh, the next one that we can uh, maybe talk about just a little bit was the abolishing of the minor league uh, signing deadline. This was approved nine to one. To me, this makes perfect sense to align this with the other uh, deadlines that we have. With uh, I believe it's the trading deadline. And to be able to act, or actually it's not the train deadline, it's to be able to um, add major league 
players to the roster also. So it's basically just when the, your rosters are locked, essentially for the playoffs. I, I think this keeps teams that are rebuilding or, or teams that are not going to be in the playoffs, again, lets them to be a little more active and more stay engaged so that they can still be picking up some minor leaguers if, if someone comes along. Uh, so I think that's a good one. Uh, next topic here, expand the draft pick availability. This was to say, hey, I want to add two years worth of uh, draft picks to be traded. Uh, this was defeated 8-1. to one. Again, I agree 100%. Uh, we should not be opening up the extra draft picks uh, two years down the road. I think having uh, this year's picks and then when the year ends, rolling in next year's picks is plenty. Um, I, I don't think we would need to add in two more years worth of uh, draft picks. And I think, we, again, the, the main reason not to do that is if someone leaves and they've given away two years of draft picks, it's, it's not really fair for the next guy coming in. Another one, another topic here, should we extend the midseason scoring period to include the all-star break? And this was approved 10-2. Uh, so in the past, the four games during the all-star break, when they started on Thursday through Sunday, we ne- we wouldn't normally include those games. I think we, we should. I think it was brought up also on the board. Uh, anytime that there's a major league game, we should we should be looking at those stats and counting is hard to watch uh, games being played, not none of our stats counting. And I, what and I'd like it to also because it ties now into week one, where week one we also have an extended week. So I would try to keep those two mirrored where now you have two weeks of essentially 11 games, week one, it's around week 11 usually, um, where they have uh, multiple games. So if you if you didn't do it for week one, then you shouldn't do it for the All-Star break. But if you're doing it for week one, then you should be doing it for the All-Star break. So um, I think that's a good thing to include. The next topic uh, that was discussed, and this was a discussion first, it was about uh, should we change out the average category for OPS or the OBP um, categories. OPS, I'm glad it, that didn't go very far because that is uh, really would be changing that category. Whereas including, you know, if you hit doubles, triples, or home runs, you get extra points for that. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to have seen that be implemented. The OBP one, um, I'd probably lean a lot more towards that um, instead of average. And the only reason, to, and to me, this, this topic probably got, a little bit buried in the weeds with what it really is. I mean, to me, it's real simple. Do you want to include walks or do you not want to include walks? Um, and to me, I would like to include the walk. Um, I think uh, a player who can work a walk and who has better judgment uh, or better uh, control over the strike zone and a little bit more discipline of hitter should be rewarded. And again, I should be rewarded if my guy gets a walk instead of not being rewarded at all, and it's just based on average. Uh, this was defeated 5-5, uh, five, five, but it also needed extra votes, uh, needed to have 12 votes in order to pass. One reason not to change it, which I can completely understand, is to leave it as average, is because you know this league has been around for, uh, I don't know, 18 years, somewhere around there, and they've always had these 10 categories, and so there's a lot of history with these 10 categories, um, and so to keep it just to say, you know what, we have the, the 
the history of, of average. We see who has had the average, who has had the highest average over the years. And we really don't want to change out that category in the start of new history. And if that's the case where we're saying, hey, we got history with these categories and we don't really ever want to change them, then I would say for now on, all category changes are off the board just because now we have a bunch of history and we just want to keep that history. But if we didn't care about the history, I would definitely go to the OBP um, part of it because I want to be, um, I want my walks to be included as a positive thing for me. Uh, the next one there was a lot of discussion on was the uh, minimum innings limits. And to me, this, again, this is kind of a no-brainer. Um, I, I, I don't see any reason why someone can't get 30 innings uh, per week um, with as many roster spots or many bench spots as you actually have. Um, to me, this really just comes into play as you're not managing your roster properly, right? If I don't have enough starting pitchers and I built my team not to have enough starting pitchers, I'm going to struggle getting the innings limit. You know, if I have um, five or six uh, bench players that are up on the offensive side, you know, I have three outfielders and, and a, two extra catchers and a couple extra infielders, and they're all on the bench, and, yeah, I'm not going to have enough pitching. So you really need to be able to construct your, your roster properly, knowing that you have to have an innings limit and, and not have as many of those type of players where you have more pitching, right? And so I'm glad to see that this hasn't changed um, because I, I don't think lowering the limit is correct. And I, I know that there was some conversation about having no limit. I don't think that would be very wise at all because somebody's going to take a real advantage of that and just say, okay, I'm just going to have uh, seven active pitchers. They're all going to be really good relief pitchers, and I'm just going to win uh, ERA and whip and probably saves. I would maybe just go up and load up on save guys not needing any extra starting pitchers. And then I'm going to load up on the rest of my bench on my offensive players and have a bunch of offensive players. So uh, definitely I think you need to have an innings limit. So the other part of this conversation then was, should there be a penalty and what the penalty is if you don't reach your innings limit? Right now the penalty is you lose your fourth round draft pick. Um, so there's a lot of conversations about how that was either, either too much of a penalty or not enough of a penalty some ideas have been kicked around about uh, different types of penalties. Um, so here, here's here's what I would have my penalty of, because I'm I'm a big penalty guy and, and again big rules guy. So what I would do is say, because uh, I don't like losing draft picks, I don't want you know I don't want to have a the draft pick being lost, but I would say that you know okay starting at the third round because this this is typically going to happen to teams that are that are trying to, to lose, so it's going to be your lower-end draft picks, that, okay, at the third round, if, if you miss the innings limit, that instead of having, it would go, your your pick would now go to the end of the round. So the third-round pick would now be the, the last pick in the third round. Next time you miss it, your second-round pick would now be the last pick in the second round. Next time you miss it, your first-round pick would now be the last pick in the first round. If your fourth time you missed it, then your pick would move to the next round beyond that. So if you missed it four times, your third round pick now gets moved to the end of the fourth round. And if you missed it a fifth time, your second round pick would now be get moved to the end of the third round. And then if you missed it the sixth time, again, again, your first round pick would get moved to the end of the second round. 
But I would think at that point also, um, I think we have a bigger issue and, um, and, and you might be, uh, looking at different ways of, of resolving that in the sense of maybe we need a better owner to not be missing so many, uh, innings limits. So it's a way to still keep your picks, but, uh, you get penalized and it gets moved to the, the back of the round. And if you were, uh, a, you know, if your pick was already at the back of the round, so let's say you were, uh, one of the playoff teams and you had to have this happen. And so it wasn't a, a big pin until you go to the, the net round, then I would move you back to the, to the following round, right? So if, for instance, in this example, if it was, uh, the person who won the championship, so let's say Mike missed a, uh, a week of innings limit and putting him at the back of the round of third round isn't really a penalty. I'd move that pick to the back of the fourth round. Anyways, again, something to think about for, for future down the road. Uh, but bottom line, you should never miss the innings limit. Um, this is typically just people aren't paying attention. Uh, people don't have their ro- rosters built properly. Um, there's enough people on the waiver wires to pick up t- to get the innings limit. And you should be able to trade, you know, Hey, either I'm not going to trade those starting pitchers or I need to go get some starting pitchers. And again, you're being forced to make a decision in order to meet the, the rules. Anyways, I think enough said on that one. Um, next one. And again, I, th- I think this is a, a big uh, topic of discussion was, uh, for competitive balances, they were going to remove the conferences of AL and PCL and the, um, just basically have four divisions. Uh, the winners of the, each division makes the playoffs, and it's the next best four teams that make the playoffs instead of two best teams from each conference. Again, to me, this was kind of a no-brainer. This got approved 10-2. This was really a no-brainer. Um, I never felt tied to the AL or the ACL or the PCL. Um, I was always more tied to the division. I wanted to beat, my, beat the people in my division. Um, I didn't really care about um, who was in the other uh, league. You know, I think it was the North and the West. I didn't really care about what was going on in the West. And so I, I do believe putting the best teams into the playoffs is, is is more beneficial. And so, yeah, let's still put the division winners and then the four best teams after that. Now, this isn't going to necessarily fix the problem that we're, we were seeing in the sense of we have a really good team who missed the playoffs and you have a bad team um, who won the division, make the playoffs over them, right? You, you could still have that happen. Uh, you could still have a, again, in this example, you could have a team from the South who had a worse record than a team than that didn't make the playoffs. You know, and so you're not really going to get away from that, but you're still, you know, you're limiting it a little bit, but you still have that possibility of happening. And then also having then the matchups based on that, um, based on the on those rankings. So so other than I think those were were, were pretty much the main topics. There was some talk about uh, going to another application. Uh, I think it was the Fantrax app instead of the CBS app. To me, you would only do that if there was better ways to manage uh, the system. So you would take away rules, or you take away um, someone having to to look at a rule. And have the system just do the rules for you, right? Um, a perfect example is if the fan track system can monitor uh, what your minor league limits are, and you get an alert saying, "Hey, you got an illegal roster because you now gone over that limit." Instead of having somebody manually have to look at that in CBS, 
and FanTrack can do it automatically. That would be a good reason to do that um, because, in my opinion, you want less um, human intervention on the rules and you want more of the system to be able to handle the rules for you. Um, but I, I think CBS is fine. I haven't ever looked at the FanTrack one, but that would be one thing I would be more interested in is how many rules can be automated through the system that don't have to be done outside the system and managed by the humans and, and having human intervention on the rules. And then there's just one other topic that, uh, and I kind of mentioned it with the IL spot and, that, and I would add this to, um, wanting it be done for your minor league rosters, um, with the limits that if you run into having a invalid person at the spot, so again, a pitcher has a hundred innings, you know, that's the limit. And you have a pitcher who has 101 innings. Uh, to me, that player, if caught, uh, should be dropped, right? So instead of now, I think it is, you know, you would tell the commissioners that, hey, this guy has an ELO spot. They reach out to him. They just make the adjustment and everything's fine. To me, at that point, it would be, okay, you've you've gone over the limit. We would just drop that player, right? The same with the IL spot. You left a guy in the IL spot for too long, that guy should be dropped. Anyway, so those are a couple of things from from my standpoint. Again, nothing nothing big, nothing major. I think the main thing with all of this is, again is just to, to be competitive, um, to be, have to make those tough decisions, uh, and, and staying active, right? And a lot of it is just to keep you guys active throughout the year, and whether you should be as active from week one and week two, and then you are at uh, the last two weeks of the year, right? So you should uh, stay on top of it. And then one little thing that came out at the very end was uh, I know Chris was able to add the draft picks into the system. I think that was great. I think that, again, it's just one less thing that someone has to manage. So so good job, Chris, on finding that and adding that to the system. And then plus with that, that probably means Chris now is a front runner to win the Mark of Excellence Award because he found something uh, to enhance the system. And he's probably in the front running with Zach, who has woken up from his last uh, three-year slumber to start playing. And uh, in his own words, is now he's now going for it. So if he if he goes for it and he wins that division and he makes the playoffs, he probably should win the uh, the Mark of Excellence. But uh, otherwise, it's probably going to go to Chris because he's now made a big change in the in the system. Anyways, I'm just joking around with that. I think I have a, I think that's pretty much all for now. I think it was very good winter meetings. Um, a lot of discussion, a lot of topics. Everything went well. So good job, guys, and uh, see you around. Mm-hmm.